The Indianapolis Colts return to Lucas Oil Stadium this weekend to take on the Los Angeles Rams. And who else is returning this weekend? Anthony Richardson. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always with my fellow writer, analyst, and colleague at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, it, it's we just talked about this on, on Monday, but the Colts 2-1 and one, leading the AFC South Division standings coming back home to take on a Rams team that just went through a, a pretty big battle with the Cincinnati Bengals, but QB1 is on his way to being back. Anthony Richardson looking to start this week against the Los Angeles Rams, and boy, Colts fans are excited for that. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good, and hey, this is going to be – just because the Rams have a 1-2 and two record does not mean this is not going to be a ridiculously tough test. I mean, this is a team that scraps, they fight, as you saw in their last loss against the Bengals. They will they will hang around and they will not give up. And Matt Stafford can take advantage of young and, you know, unknowing secondaries that are adjusting, which is what the Colts have currently, uh, even with Juju Brents starting out his career great. But hey, I'm excited to talk about this matchup. I'm excited to see this game, and I think it's going to be great for Anthony Richardson's development. Absolutely. And, and it's going to be a fun game. I think I think this is going to be a really close matchup. Certainly, that's what Vegas thinks about everything. Uh, and, and I think it's going to, to come down to the end of the fourth quarter. It's going to be a very evenly matched contest. Uh, let's move to the chat here. Angie says she'll be in and out considering she has a lady study tonight. But hey, Angie, you're here. You're you're at least you're you're joining us for this Colts talk. Great to see you. Uh, Truitt is here, coming in hot, saying, "Does anyone else think the Thursday night football pregame stinks?" Uh, but he's with the Lions tonight, so we'll we'll get you guys out of here in time to watch Lions Packers tonight. Do not worry about that. The CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Patrick, is in here. His emoji isn't working. Uh, it comes up in a in a uh, a code here, so make sure you get that fixed. Logan Schmidt, the GOAT, is in the house. Noah Compton, can't forget about you. Stats Matt is here. Vegas is stupid. Uh, we were over a touchdown underdogs versus the Ravens, so don't trust them with Colts odds. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But, guys, if you haven't done so already, please follow us on all of your social medias. Like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on X. And subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live, whenever Rashad goes live with the Saddle Up show, so you never miss an episode. And if you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review. want to give a quick shout-out to my wife for the super sticker, the nightly super sticker from Mrs. Moore. Uh, Thank you so much, Danielle. Uh, We always love your support. And now, Guys, we have a guest to introduce to you tonight. Uh, he's he's a friend of ours. He is um, with the Rams Beat Podcast, uh, another podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, you can go and follow him at Rams Beat on X, and make sure you check out the Los Angeles Rams page on FansFirstSports.com. So joining us tonight to break down the game, Tom Courts. Tom, appreciate you joining us here tonight. He's in his Rams gear. He's ready to give us his expertise <laughs> on that team out in LA. Tom, appreciate you coming on tonight. Yeah, great to be here, guys. Thanks so much for having me. 
Yeah, and I, it's going to be a very fun matchup uh, this this weekend between the Indianapolis Colts and the Los Angeles Rams. Like I said, as of right now, according to DraftKings, the Colts are one-point uh, underdogs to the Los Angeles Rams. So before we dive into this, Tom, I wanted to ask you, just give us a quick overview of, of what you've seen from this Rams team so far through the first three weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think the Rams and the Colts kind of came into this season, uh, you know, with, with similar expectations. I mean, certainly different for different reasons. Um, we have the old veteran quarterback coming back in uh, in Stafford, um, getting healthy. You guys have the this, uh, you know, highly touted but big question marks around Richardson, and, and he's proven out to be, you know, everything that and more. So, um, but there's a lot, you know, we both, I think, we're kind of like maybe five, five and a half, six and a half win prediction teams kind of bottom of, you know, predicted at top five, top, certainly top 10 in the uh, draft next year. And both teams came running out of the gate. So there's a lot of similarities here. I mean, our opening win in Seattle was huge conference uh, division game um, played the 49ers, you know, arguably the best team in the NFC um, top three, potentially in the NFL right now, clicking on all cylinders, played them within one touchdown was with a lot of great performances and then last week with the against the Bengals, you know, I think everything was going well until our our left tackle went down, and uh, you know our our backup left tackle just couldn't just could not cut it um, against Hendrickson. So it was uh, that kind of changed things around, but still stuck within three of a, another team that's expected to vie for the Super Bowl. So uh, uh, you know, all things look good for the Rams, and uh, from what I can see, it's the same for you guys. So better than expectations for sure. Yeah, that's that's why I think it's going to be a very close game. These teams are very evenly matched. There's certainly going to be a battle in the trenches that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, so, so let's dive right in. Of course, what do we usually start out the episode with? Number five, Anthony Richardson. So Drake, I'm going to start out with you here. Anthony Richardson coming back tonight. Uh, before we do that, we have another super chat from the GOAT himself, Logan Schmidt. He says, Tom, respectfully, <laughs> it's going to be a long day for you. So Logan talking smack in the chat. Uh, you love it. You love to see it. Our chat's pretty fiery, Tom. So you're going to have to get used to that. But hey, they're very respectful and, and they love the game of football. So Logan, we appreciate all of your support so much. Uh, one of the real ones out there for Colts Nation. But Drake, with Anthony Richardson returning, how does this affect the offense for the Indianapolis Colts? What do you think we're going to see from this Colts offense and more specifically Anthony Richardson on Sunday? You know, I, I, I can't find where the comment was. Okay, yeah, so Thirst48 said we are going to see a much less a much less handcuffed offense with Anthony Richardson back under center. That's perfect. That's what I'll go with right there because with Gardner Minshew, you do have the safer throws. You do have less risk. You do have more accuracy. And overall, he's, he's a better passer right now than Anthony Richardson is. But Richardson's showing a little bit of a higher ceiling than what we initially thought that he would be in his first year throwing the ball style. Steichen's got him hitting good underneath uh, or good accuracy underneath and intermediate. So I think that you can really open it up with him because he can simply move like none, no other. And Minshew simply can't. He can get away from certain things. But Richardson's also, like we discussed, Andrew, shown an ability to read the blitz better than, uh, than Minshew did against Baltimore. I mean, again, a safety and Kyle Hamilton had three freaking sacks in one game. That's unprecedented for someone in the secondary. So I think that you're going to see this offense really start to kind of open up more and more. We're in the fourth game. I think that if it hasn't been already, it's maybe a game or two more. And Shane Steichen, I think, will have opened up the whole playbook to Anthony Richardson at that point. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And and I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Shane Steichen chooses to attack this Rams defense. And 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 Tom, I, this is kind of what I wanted to ask you and get your expertise. Uh, give me what, what do you think the strengths of this Rams defense are? And then what are some of the weaknesses that might be uh, that this Los Angeles team might have under under uh, a defensive coordinator who was interviewing to be the Colts head coach so this spring in Raheem Morris? Yeah, Um I'll tell you the the strengths of this uh, this defense are uh, unbelievably turning out to be our um, our secondary. Uh, it just it, it goes you know Akilla Weatherspoon, Darian Kendrick, Kobe Durant. I mean these are no name guys. Um, a couple of second year guys and uh, Akilla Weatherspoon who's bounced around the league and um, is just playing fantastic. These guys are highly rated. Uh, and uh, you know then in the um, in the at safety. Jordan Fuller and a guy named Russ Yeast, another second-year player, late-round draft pick last year uh, that, uh, again, nobody's heard of. Nobody's heard of any of these guys, and they're playing fantastic. Um, up front, we have one really good uh, inside linebacker um, in uh, Ernest Jones. And, uh, and I, I, you know, our, unfortunately, our, uh, our, our weakness is up front, right? I mean, we Aaron Donald's up there. Um, we have a guy named, a rookie named Kobe Turner who's starting as well. He's playing okay. But um, on the uh, on the our run defense hasn't been great. Uh, we have uh, Byron Young, another rookie, starting uh, and uh, on the left side. But on the right side, it's been a disaster. Michael Hoyt, he's a UDFA from a few years back. He's an interior defensive lineman that you know played some backup, kind of stuck around on the team. And then last year, when everybody got hurt, uh, they put him in at edge, and he played great. And he came back this year, lost 20, 30 pounds, and but he's just been out of position. Um, and just getting worked by offensive coordinators. So, uh, yeah, so that, that that's really the, the case on defense. Our defense has played generally pretty well, given how many new guys, like two uh, only two players on defense and actually two players on offense, um, played more than 50% of the snaps um, for the Rams last year. That's two out of 11 starters on defense and two out of 11 starters on offense. So that was due to, a, obviously, a huge turnover in the uh, rosters, but also uh, but also a lot of injuries and guys coming back. So, yeah, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of new faces, um, a lot of people coming off injuries and returning, and um, just a really uh, heavy duty uh, roster turnover. It does seem like like there are a lot of young guys in that secondary now. Akella Akella Weatherspoon, I saw today that outside of Trayvon Diggs, I think he is the. The, the guy throughout the entire NFL, I think he's ranked second in the league as far as passer rating when 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 targeted. It's like 48 or something. Mm-hmm. So Witherspoon has gotten off to a fantastic start to this season. And, and I think because of that, because of how the secondary has played, you're probably going to see, again, a more run-centric game plan for the Colts. You're bringing Anthony Richardson back into things, uh, and, and you're going to allow him to use his legs and, and get him out in space. Doesn't mean the Colts aren't going to throw the ball. They're certainly going to want to try to test things, uh, especially with Michael Pittman Jr., who had a big game last week. They want to get Alec Pierce more involved. Reggie Wayne, the wide receivers coach today, literally said it's time for Mr. Pierce to step up and get more involved. So the Colts are definitely going to test this 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 Rams defense. I think they'll probably try to move some wide receivers around, get some favorable matchups, uh, and 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 see what happens. But obviously, I think the main goal for Shane Steichen with Anthony Richardson in particular, try to get him into a rhythm, try to get him in advantageous spots where he can use his legs. But again, 
Richardson has to protect himself. Still, two games, hasn't been able to finish either one of them. Obviously missed last week with the concussion, and and from what I've been told, uh, was was very uh, was very hurt by that. Um, felt like he was letting the team down because he wasn't available. So we'll have to see how, how Richardson uh, maybe changes his game a little bit, tries to protect himself a little bit better. But it's still all about getting that rookie quarterback into a rhythm and then letting him go to work. But when, when you talk about getting him into a rhythm, that involves this running game, or a running game with Zach Moss that – a lot of people didn't expect. They expected a huge fall off because Jonathan Taylor isn't out there. Zach Moss now ranks ninth in the NFL in rushing, and that includes missing the first week of the season. So, so Tom, when you think about Zach Moss and and how the Colts have been able to do on on the ground, how do you think that the 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 they match up against this this Rams defense? So you said is it struggles a little bit up front, uh, but but I think overall they're about thirteenth in the league in, in rush yards allowed. Yeah, I mean, they're doing okay, right? And uh, it's um, really doing actually a very good job at limiting explosives, and that's what the Rams do. That's, you know, we play the the too high shell, um, very the very little blitzing uh, and so forth. And we have Aaron Donald, you know, as an anchor in the middle there. Um, and again, you know, we've had some other guys step up. So, but Moss looks fantastic. I mean, I, I, you're, uh, uh, you know, just obviously um, replacing, a, you know, top three, running back and um and so but you know he's just stepped right into the role so uh so good for you guys i mean i'll tell you though i'll be honest if you're looking at the offense i am kind of glad we're not facing Minshew. i mean this guy looks absolutely fantastic and i'll tell you he would excel against um against our defense he had that quick release extremely accurate i mean that's exactly how the 49ers have beaten us i'm not even going to say the number but nine times in a row in the regular season we did get them in the championship game when we won the super bowl but but you know that's what that's what they do it's it's over the middle it was jimmy g and and uh and you know you know now it's purdy and it's quick release very accurate um uh balls all all spreading it all over the the uh the the short short and mid uh, range game and um so anyway, I, I'm you know kind of glad Richardson's back in there. I want to see how the Rams do against him first of all. Obviously, Minshew doesn't have the run threat, but uh, you know, and Richardson looks pretty accurate, not as accurate as Minshew, but you know, he's he's just getting his uh, sea legs under him, as they say. But that um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they contain him uh, with his with his legs. Obviously, those two rushing touchdowns before he went out last week and just kind of trots into the end zone. So uh, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to to see how they do. Yeah, and it seems like that's what most how most teams have been playing the Colts early on this season. Uh, they're they're afraid of of the explosive plays over the top. Obviously, with Richardson's arm, who can throw it a mile, and and his best asset when throwing the football coming out was was this deep ball so a lot of teams have been playing too high shell and trying to force him into those completions those short completions making him dink and dunk it down the field and just just being patient um, and, and so far we, we've seen him be able to do that obviously he's still working out some things as a rookie so he hasn't been perfect but he's shown that he can do that now now Drake I wanted to ask you this for for Zach Moss and for this running game Really, I mean, Zach Moss has done all of this while only playing one quarter with Anthony Richardson. So we talk about how Anthony Richardson really opens things up for these running backs because of his running game. 
how do you see this playing out with with Zach Moss having Anthony Richardson hopefully for the entire game this weekend uh do you think we're going to see just as much out of out of Zach Moss or do you think his role is going to be dialed back a little bit because Anthony Richardson is back well, I, I think that you're going to see his touches dialed back a bit because I think he went, he like rattled off 30 touches. I mean, that's yes, 30 carries know, last uh, week in Baltimore. I think I couldn't remember the numbers, but I think he's like the, only the fifth or sixth Colts running back of all time to ever even do such a thing. And we're talking about guys like Edron James, Frank Gore. I mean, some real dogs out there. So I do think they're going to reduce that a little bit. I think that after two games of him dominating like that and playing so well, the Rams, I think it actually helps him that he's got Richardson there because if he had Minshew again, I mean, there's a really good chance that you're going to see some gaps plugged up and they're going to force Minshew to just try to beat him, beat him deep which he's not really that kind of guy kind of uh like was mentioned earlier he's more of the dink and dunk and accurate per, uh, you know type of quarterback so i think it's going to open up zach moss but look man aaron donald as far as run defense that's not his forte his forte is really putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback but this is still a guy that can absolutely destroy any deep or on any offensive line in the league any skill level at, on any given Sunday. I mean, he can legitimately ruin your game plan. I mean, then you've got um, Ernest Jones, uh, linebacker Ernest Jones leads the team in tackles. He's the top-rated run defender on, on the team. If Aaron Donald somehow starts to really give the Colts issues up front, that's another guy to look for right behind him. So, I mean, that's a one-two punch that's not really talked about a lot. You hear Aaron Donald's name a lot, but like uh, was mentioned before, there's not really the secondary. You don't hear a lot about them, but you also don't hear about Ernest Jones. He He's made some good plays. So, the Colts have got their work cut out for him, but I think after two solid games, it will help Zach Moss to have Richardson. But I do think that his carries are going to be diminished and pulled back a little bit. You might even see Trey Sermon take some carries from him just to lighten the workload a little bit. And that's that's honestly not a bad thing. You know, you don't want to run Zach Moss into the ground. I mean, he had 18 carries the week prior, 30 carries last week. I was there in Baltimore, and and Zach Moss was grinding through that fourth quarter and overtime, limping off the field. Like that guy was toast. So dialing back his carries a little bit, making him stay, allowing him to stay fresher into that fourth quarter. I'm sure that's that's certainly going to help the Colts. It's, it's going to take some pressure off of Zach Moss, a lot with Anthony Richardson back there, a lot of those RPO action uh, option uh, uh, plays to make the, the Rams kind of freeze just for like a half second longer. Uh, it, it really does have, have an impact. And, and, and while, while we have seen the the Rams, as as Tom said, um, we want that the, they've had de- uh, dealt with quarterbacks that are more accurate, kind of dink and dunk it down the field. They also, I don't think, have have faced the quality of a runner uh, in Anthony Richardson uh, this season. So it's going to be a tough test for for the the Los Angeles Rams. But it's, I think, it's also going to to be interesting to see how the Colts really attack this as well, and then. This is this is kind of where where we move on to. I think where the biggest battle is going to be, the trenches for both teams. So, uh, Drake, uh, let's 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 do this. I'm going to ask you first about this Colts offensive line, and and then I think Tom's got a question for you for you as well uh, about the uh, us as well as about the offensive line. Let's just talk about their performance over this first three weeks of the season. And and simply the question is, is the Colts offensive line back? Well, you know, I, I think that over the first three games, you've seen drastic improvements from last season. Um, you've seen 
really healthy improvements from Bernard Ryman, but also Will Fries. That's the biggest mm -hmm. one. Now you've seen what you expect to see from Quentin Nelson, from Ryan Kelly. Actually, Ryan Kelly, I think, at one point was great as the top center in the league. And Braden Smith has had some issues with uh, with, with penalties, but even he on any given Sunday is, is you know, a top 10 right tackle. Now, as far as it goes with, with Aaron Donald, I, I saw a comment that really makes sense. They're going to put him over the top of Will Fries, uh, and they are going to force the Colts to double-team him. Mm -hmm. And even if Aaron Donald doesn't have a, that's a, that's the problem with this guy is even if he doesn't have any of the stats to show you, he's got a sack or two tackles for loss or this or that he disrupts your game plan so much that it will open up opportunities for other players to make sacks and tackles for loss. So you have to double team him. You can't let him be the guy. So I do look forward to seeing what they do with Aaron Donald. That's going to be their biggest test of the season thus far. Maybe even at the end of it, the, the most talented guy up front that they'll play. Yeah, I, I agree. And and Tom, I know you had a question about the Colts offensive line that you wanted to ask us. Go ahead and fire yeah, away. I, I, it's interesting. I mean, to, you know, to you go back two years and with Quentin Nelson and and we got we played you guys in in Baltimore. I'm sorry, in Baltimore in uh, in Indianapolis. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know, two years ago, and um, uh, so you know the offensive line is fantastic, right? Just and and but last year. What happened, and and have they, and what did they do to fix it? And in other words, last year it was it, it seemingly was largely the same guys, and and you know I don't think Quentin Nelson had a very good year, and and so forth and so on. Uh, I just wanted to give um, give my uh, Rams fans some background on that because that's you know always been viewed as a strength of your team, and last year it, it kind of failed. Why did it fail, and how was it, and and how is it uh, performing better this year? Patrick, I see your super chat. I'm going to get to that in a second after after we talk about this uh, offensive line for the Colts. Uh, but but Tom, I, I think where it starts out is is the Colts made a, a big mistake and an overcalculation last year uh, about saying that the Colts were fine with having Matt Pryor, a career guard, play left tackle and and trying to force Danny Pinter, who was a backup center for for most of his career, into that starting guard spot. And and both guys just vastly underperformed. Uh, Ryan Kelly was certainly had a down year. He was dealing with some things in his personal life that I think affected him on the field. Uh, Quentin Nelson, uh, you, you had Quentin Nelson who – really wasn't injured but when you're trying to overcompensate and consistently help that left tackle while also trying to help your your struggling center uh, it, there was just too much on Quentin Nelson's plate so about middle of the season when Bernard Ryman the rookie third round pick out of, out of Central Michigan took over at left tackle they inserted Will Fries into the starting lineup at right guard the Colts finally started to get some continuity and and yet they did have to take their lumps because like I said Bernard Ryman was a rookie last season Will Fries was in year two uh this was their really their first starting experience they had to take their lumps but towards the second half of the season the Colts graded out, I think, as the 10th best offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, so they they just kind of had to go through those tough times, kind of, like I said, take their lumps and 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 move forward. And so far this year, it, it seems to have really worked out. Bernard Ryman is, uh, is, is, I think, overall the 10th highest graded left tackle, according to Pro Football Focus so far this year. Uh, I think he's seventh overall in pass blocking, has only allowed uh, four pressures and zero sacks in 134 pass attempts. So 
to see him really come into his own has been tremendous. Quentin Nelson is back to playing at an all pro level, Quentin Nelson, where, and I think a lot of that is because he doesn't have to worry so much about overcompensating and worrying about that guy left to that left tackle next to him. Ryan Kelly, like Drake had mentioned, is the top rated center in the league. We've seen a huge jump from Will Fries as well. And even with Braden Smith kind of struggling a little bit, maybe regressing to about average it's it's still better than than most at the right tackle position stats matt coming in clutch here saying nelson is first in pass blocking while kelly is first overall uh for set for the center position so i think it just comes down to continuity those young guys taking another step uh, uh guys that were having down years are, are back and focused and playing well and i don't want to underscore the impact tony sperano jr the new offensive line coach has had on this unit really focusing in on the details not afraid to get on the players that's something with with frank reich's group that that was an issue uh and and they're really focused in on the details and focused on their technique so i i think it's a combination of new coaching staff helping but also just taking that next step in development with these young guys did did i miss anything drake or or do you have anything else to say about that no you nailed it basically everything andrew said and then you know you got to factor in that their head coach gets canned halfway through the season he gets replaced with a guy who used to play on the offensive line albeit a legend Uh, then the offensive coordinator changes as well and and, you know chris strasser really had a a really really rough season as the Colts offensive line coach. And with all this switching at quarterback too, you got a pa- pocket passer like Ryan, who, as you know, when, when a quarterback, it's not like the NBA or MLB, we, me and Andrew talked about this regression for quarterbacks is overnight. Like, I mean, you remember Peyton Manning's last season. It was, it was horrendous to see. And so you saw that from Ryan mixed with a team that really wasn't prepared for his lack of mobility mixed with all this, you know, drama that was going on. Um, it all just kind of factored into all that. But I think that as many offensive lines that played well can kind of say, when you look back on their performance, it came to like Andrew said, that continuity playing together, you know, knowing what the other person's doing when you have to block for yourself and your left side, that's not going to give you the best chance to win. So um, I think that it's different now. I think that there's a renewed sense of urgency to go out there and really play your ass off for the Colts. And that's what an offensive line does best when they've got that kind of motivation. Exactly. And and I think this is going to be a, a very, it's going to be a big test because how is Aaron Donald going to wreck the game or are the Colts and the, the rest of the offensive line, are they going to be able to take advantage of, of maybe a Rams defensive line that, that outside of Donald isn't up to par in talent or at least hasn't proven it so far. So this, this could be the big difference in, 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 in the game uh and and i certainly think this is why the trenches are going to matter so much yeah i want to introduce a special guest here who's uh wanting to get on camera this here is <clears throat> cooper pup cooper, <laughs> cooper pup that's awesome this is cooper pup it kind of looks like him with that shaggy beard um yeah obviously uh i will get into it more when we go uh rams offense and uh and Colts defense, but uh, yeah, Cup's out at least one more week uh, against you guys for sure. Um, but uh, Cooper Pup's here ready to roll. 
Cooper Pup, that's awesome. My my dog's name is Cooper as well. Not not Cooper Pup or anything anything like that. But yeah, that's uh, cool. That's that's a pretty awesome nickname. And so and cool. let's 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 go ahead and dive right into uh, talking about this Rams offense versus uh, a Colts defense that has been pretty hot to start the season as well. Want to highlight the super chat we got just a little bit ago from the CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Patrick Rye. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for all of your support, brother. Uh, he says the Colts front seven is twice the squad as Cincinnati. So if the Rams had so much trouble with that, they better get ready for Grover, the guard butcher. And it's that's such a great name for for you better Grover patent Stewart. that, Patrick. Yeah, no, I think I think Zach Hicks actually came. Our colleague Zach Hicks of Horseshoe Auto came up with Grover, the guard butcher. So nice. uh, we'll need to talk to Zach about that. But but Tom, what do you think? I, I want to hear uh, what what you, you were talked about how when when the starting left tackle for the Rams went out, that's when things started to go downhill. Kind of explain what happened in that game against Cincinnati and and what is your level of of trust in this in this offensive line for the Rams? Yeah, I mean, uh, we still don't know if Alaric Jackson is uh, is going to be back. This is a guy who was a UDFA uh, backup uh, for the last couple of years. Um, and last year with all the Rams uh, played a lot last year and then got hurt. Um, like all, you know, 16 of our offensive linemen got hurt, um, literally. And uh, so, but, you know, this year they opened it up. And even though we paid Joseph Nopum, uh, uh, you know, $40 million over three to be our left uh, 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 tackle, uh, um, then uh, he didn't win the job. He lost the job out to Larry Jackson. So Nopum went to right guard. Um, he was out for a couple of plays, but he when he came back, he's fine. But we don't know if Alaric Jackson's there. And when he came out, Zach Thomas went in just a life, you know, kind of a lifer backup and kind of won that backup um, swing role. And uh, he just was he just was a turnstile over there and couldn't get things together. But in terms of you know, if we get if we get this thing solidified, and my guess is that they'll put um, No Boom back on the left side and pull in uh, Tremaine Ingram. Um, who was really vying for that right guard position as well. So we'll be fine, uh, I think, okay, on the offensive line, um, even without Jackson, if they put the people in the right positions, which I think they will. Um, and But, you know, just in terms of the offensive threat, uh, at least down in the trenches down there, um, you know, Kyron Williams uh, with Cam Akers being essentially let go for next for nothing, um, I mean, a pick swap, a seventh and a sixth pick swap, you know, next to nothing. Um, Kyron Williams is now the lead back. He's playing really well. He didn't get as many carries as the Rams fans would have liked last week. Um, felt, uh, Cincinnati was really uh, loading up the box. And so, uh, but, but Stafford was um, kind of carving him up um, uh, in the uh, pass game and uh, stalled out on third downs. Um, and until the last touchdown in the fourth quarter were uh, uh, 0 for 10 or 0 for 9 or 0 for 10 on third down. Just amazing. Um, uh amazing that that had happened that way but um yeah so you know the offense has been looking good the uh and uh yeah i figure i think our run game if we run it and commit to it can do well um but we'll have to see it'll it just the rams really do uh depend you know really do shape their offensive strategy mcveigh shapes his offensive strategy on what the defense gives them and um so yeah it could be run heavy could be pass heavy depending on what the colts do Patrick, thank you so much, buddy, for the super chat. As always, you are one of our biggest, if not our biggest supporter for this show. Really, really appreciate it. But uh, I, 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 
from from being in Indiana, Notre Dame country, uh, I think a lot of us are familiar with Kyron Williams' game and and uh, the how he performed uh, here in South Bend. I certainly am. My wife's a he, my wife is born and raised in South Bend. I'm a big Notre Dame fan myself, um, and and he can certainly do some damage uh, to this Colt to this Colts defense if if holes can be made. Uh, but Drake, I, I want to ask you. I mean this this. This Colts defense has been on a roll, 12 sacks already this season, on pace to get 68 for the year, which would blow the old, the Colts franchise record out of the water. Uh, it seems like uh, DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, uh, or you can rely on them every single week. Quiddy Pay has taken that next step. We're, we're starting to see Samson Ebicom come into his own, like we talked about he possibly could. Uh this this Colts defensive line has been eating all season. Do you do you see that continuing this weekend against the Rams? I, I think that they have a chance to just because of of the off we'll call it the offensive line woes of the Rams because let's face it you know Andrew you and I were talking about the offensive line woes for, woes for the Colts last year so mm-hmm. each team can run into this and so unfortunately for the Rams it's the same case we saw what they did to Houston. And we saw what they did against a complete offensive line in Jacksonville. So I think that Stafford does have some some reason to worry. But here's the thing. While he has been sacked seven times, that's about 2.3 a game. And he, he has thrown a lot of interceptions for just his first three games. The thing is, I'm actually going to the Colts secondary. Stafford, the way that he has connected out of nowhere with Nakua, with Atwell, it's something to behold, and and Tyler Higby on any given any given down can be a threat. He's really not talked about ever, which is a shame. He set career career highs last season, even with the Rams struggling. So they still have weapons, and I do think Stafford is still a great quarterback. I think that he can really play against an inexperienced defensive secondary that's still finding their footing. But look, if he can't get the ball out quick. And if that offensive line can't give him at least some protection, I don't think the run game is going to matter, and I think Stafford could struggle. So I think I think at the end of the day, this is going to be somewhat of a defensive battle from both teams. But I do think that for the Rams to succeed offensively, they have to address right away DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart because everything else will just fall apart if those two get through. And, and Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but it seems like in the past, Matthew Stafford has really struggled, and like most quarterbacks, uh, really struggles when pressure comes right up the middle, right in his face. It seems like that is what may, maybe Stafford tries to force things a little bit and may, may give the, op, the defense some opportunity for, for interceptions. Is, has that been the case uh, thus far? And how's that? In ta- I know you talked about the tackles, but what about the interior of the, of the defense, of the offensive line for the Rams? because the the Colts defensive line it starts in the middle obviously with DeForest Buckner and and Grover Stewart those are the guys that the Rams are really going to have to 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 focus on first and and make sure they contain otherwise they're going to be in Stafford's face all day yeah I mean the uh the Rams really made a concerted effort to uh, bulk up the interior of their offensive line this year we drafted our first pick in the second round Steve Avila um, has come in and he's just a beast. He's, he's, he, he's, I, he's, he's the best, definitely the best rookie offensive lineman. Um, and, uh, he's playing, you know, he's playing fantastic. He's probably our most consistent offensive lineman right now. Um, period. Uh, Coleman Shelton is who beat, who beat out Brian Allen, who was also a paid guy, a guy who got a second contract, beat him out and he hasn't seen the field yet. And um, Joseph Nopum, who was, again, is our $40 million man, who was supposed to be our left tackle playing right guard. So 
yeah, the interior is, uh, is, is super strong. We got Rob Havenstein is a, uh, you know, a very, uh, seasoned veteran on the right at the right tackle kind of a, one of those top right tackles that you don't hear a lot about and then we talked about the left tackle situation so the line is actually pretty solid it's the depth that's a that's a question mark which we obviously experienced last week and um so if those guys can stay healthy i think we'll be okay but uh yeah definitely in the in the center in the middle three there's a uh there's a lot more uh i think it's up about 20 pounds per person in there and um, a lot more talent than we've had uh, the last couple of years, even in the Super Bowl year, and that 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 could be one of the big difference makers uh, for this game is how are they going to protect uh, uh, Matthew Stafford? We got another super chat from Patrick. This is a question for Tom, saying which place is better, St. Louis or Los Angeles uh, for the Rams? Were did you were you a big fan of 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 the Rams while they were in St. Louis? Did you like the move? Uh, give us your thoughts. Yeah, I'm a little bit of an OG here. So um, I was a fan of the Rams before they left uh, L.A. I was a fan of the Rams. Nice. Um, you know, it's kind of getting with them where, right when they moved to Orange County, which, you know, is kind of a different world from from L.A. And then the Raiders kind of came in and took over L.A. Um, and But I stuck with the Rams, and then they moved to St. Louis. Again, stuck with the Rams and uh, just so thrilled that they had come back, um, you know. But it is like a uh, – uh, it is like an expansion team because everybody, most of the fans, you know, half of them left when they moved to Orange County and another half left when they went to St. Louis and maybe five, 10% of them stuck around um, through that transition. And uh, the, the other big blow was when they came to LA from St. Louis, a lot of St. Louis fans gave up on them because of how terribly they left St. Louis and rightly so. I mean, really, and then ended up paying the piper for that um, for sure. When St. Louis won the lawsuit or they settled it, but um yeah, so it's just been a really uh, degradation of the fan base. Um, in L.A., we're probably the, the third or fourth most popular NFL team, which is, you know, the only place in the, in, the, in the country by far that you could even say that, right? We have more Dallas fans, probably definitely more Raider fans, um, you know, uh, and so forth. So, uh, um, and then it's, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, we're definitely, when we're at home, um, we're still, you know, with the big fan bases like San Francisco or, or like uh, – uh, the Steelers or, or somebody like that, or Dallas comes into town, it's, uh, you know, we're doing silent counts in our own, uh, in our own house. So it's not a good situation, but that Super Bowl helped. And uh, we're just trying to rebuild the fan base. So, but anyway, the bottom line is, yeah, LA all the way for me. <laughs> I, I I would have liked for them to stay in St. Louis. I, it feels like it, it was more uh, uh, of a uh, a football atmosphere, definitely with the fans there. seems like there were more diehards in St. Louis. Maybe that'll change over time. But thanks a lot, Patrick, for your super chat. Again, really, really appreciate it. And then Stats Matt would like to pass along a message. Thanks for the Rams letting <laughs> Matt Gay walk to the Colts because, hey, Matt Gay making history, uh, NFL Ooh. history last week and, and willing the Colts to a win in Baltimore, uh, we were uh, we were certainly grateful for that. Four fifty plus yard uh, field goals is that is that what it was? Yeah, yep, uh, yep. yeah. I mean, he got we picked him up off the scrap heap right from uh, Tampa Bay, mm -hmm. and um, and he just came in and just performed fantastically for two years, and uh, and then he got paid last year, and the Rams were in salary cutting mode, so it wasn't like the Rams didn't love Matt Gay, but it was just you know, hey, we're we're going to get rid of, uh, you know, uh, Leonard. We're going to get rid of Ramsey. We're going to get rid of all these guys, right? Uh, Wagner and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. 
um, then Matt Gay, you know, isn't going to keep isn't going to keep the spot and get paid either. So, but yeah, I'm glad love to see him doing well. Um, uh, uh, Ebicom, same thing, right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. one of Four our yeah. he, he's had a great, he's had a, a couple of, uh, he had a great game last week. And um, another uh, shout out to Michael Pittman Jr. Right from my hometown and uh, Thousand Oaks. He went to Oaks Christian and um, mm-hmm. a big performer there. So yeah. Oh, guys that, you know, always follow the guys that, that moved on from your own team or guys from your home, you know, from your hometown. So. Yeah, it's, it's great to see. I mean, obviously Matt Gay, biggest free agent uh, contract for a kicker in NFL history has already earned every penny of that. Uh, and then you, you talk about Samson Ebukam, who is a guy that I think could be a, a, a strong player for the Colts for, for years to come. And Michael Pittman's looking at a, a big contract extension coming up, and hopefully he is with the Colts long-term as well. Uh, but let's let's get back on on track here, talking about this yeah. game before we, we kind of talk about, give our predictions uh, for, for Sunday's matchup. Uh, we talked about Matthew Stafford just a little bit, but that, that that really could be an area that that the Rams exploit again this secondary for the Colts is is young uh Kenny Moore has been playing back to Kenny Moore levels we saw Juju Brents uh in his first game last week play pretty well but going up against Matthew Stafford a guy that can if given time can really pick any defense apart so so Drake how concerned are you about this about this young secondary for the Colts going up against Matthew Stafford well, I I am concerned to a degree because I I just trust Stafford's arm. I trust his like connection with the game and just his his veteran leadership of that team. When he got brought in brought on with Sean McVay, it completely changed the dynamic of the Los Angeles Rams. They go and win a Super Bowl. So I still trust Matt Stafford. I will say though that uh, Nakua and Atwell look they have been playing out of their freaking minds. Okay, but they also like the Colts secondary are still young. And we did see Nakua back off a little bit from that absolutely torrid start. I think he had 25 catches through two games, which set an NFL record. I mean, that's just that's bonkers. In fact, I think on your guys' show, he, you even mentioned that he was compared um, to Debo Samuel. So it's like that's that's really scary to think that Matt Stafford's got that in Cooper Cup when he comes back. So I do think that that could give issues to the Colts secondary, but I do think that that defensive, that defensive front is going to give issues to Stafford. So if this, if the Colts secondary can just try to continue to do what Cincinnati did, and that is just limit the big plays and the volume from Nakua, and then you're going to put more of the focus on Higby and Atwell. Now I'm not saying Atwell can't play as well as Nakua, but I do think that Nakua is going to be a star at some point in this league. So I think if they can just contain them, they give themselves the best chance to win, but it's all going to be up to that defensive front for the Colts. Nakua still tied for the league lead in receptions with Keenan Allen as a rookie. Uh, and and Tom, what makes Puka Nakua just so deadly? Is it is it is he doing anything special? Is it just his his route running and his ability to get open? Give us some insight into into a wide receiver that that we we kind of liked coming out of the draft, but did not see this coming. Yeah, Puka Nakua, um, you know, most people know he was drafted out of BYU, mm-hmm. uh, but he went to, he started his career at University of Washington. And when he was at University of Washington, his receivers coach was a guy named Junior Adams. Now, Junior Adams, prior to going to University of Washington, was a receivers coach at Eastern Washington University for one Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. So these are guys that have this, this shared lineage of this, of this really 
you know, I won't say legendary yet, but they're very, you know, well-known receivers coach, right, for, for how they run routes. So they both learned under the same guy. Then Nukua comes in, and, uh, and a lot of people heard this because it was, you know, sort of the folklore of the Super Bowl and Stafford and Cup and all that, you know, in his triple crown year. But those guys, Stafford and Cup, um, get together for breakfast at the facility before anyone gets there and before they start, um, uh, before they start practice like three, four times a week. And um, nobody really had ever asked to join them. Well, Nakua came in and said, hey, can I join you guys? You know, kind of wondering, ah, are they going to let me or not? And he said, yeah, come on in. So um, he sits there and he does, he runs film and works with those guys. And, uh, and then the, the last probably piece of the puzzle is that uh, Cup goes out, you know, goes down in, in camp, right, with his injury. And next thing you know, Nakua is getting all the reps with Stafford in camp at that, at the, at that, at, in Cup's position. And so, you know, it's just in, in those are the routes that that cup was so prolific in. So all of those things put together, you know, add up to a fifth round draft pick, um, you know, leading the league in receptions. Pretty awesome to see. And and he certainly lit the league on fire. And and that work ethic, you, you talk, that's what all the greats have. So uh, it could be pretty scary once once where this Rams offense, when, when Cooper Cup is back and fully healthy, having both those guys on the field at the same time. Um, so so let's let's do this. Let's give let's each give an X factor uh, for this weekend's matchup. Drake, I want to give you an X factor. Uh, you give an X factor from the Colts and Tom. Go ahead give us an X factor for the Rams that you think is going to decide really possibly decide the outcome of this game. Uh, Drake, I'll have you go first. So mine's mine's kind of a lazy answer, but answer, but it's Anthony Richardson. I, I think that with this added dynamic of athleticism that the Rams haven't seen, I mean, I do think that in his first year, he's going to, it, it's the prime time for him to take NFL defenses by surprise. I think that, I mean, the Texans did not right out of the gate, did not have any idea what the heck to do with this guy. So not saying that the Rams are the Texans because they're not, but I do think that he is going to elevate the level of the offense. I think he's going to elevate how high they can go. And I do think that um, even though yes, Minshew could hit those short little underneath throws and be accurate. I still think Rich, Richardson's going to really give the offense the best chance to score the most points. Tom, who's your X factor? Who do you think is going to have the biggest impact or, or, or possibly change the outcome of this game on Sunday? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Kyron Williams. And um, the reason is that, I mean, he's done, he's, he's actually performed very consistently when he has gotten some, when he has gotten his touches, he had, you know, two touchdowns each of the first two games. Um, they were running the ball in, in the red zone. Uh, I think they'll get back to that. Uh, but the, the the biggest thing is um, he's really good at pass pro. I think he's going to help a lot picking guys up. That you know we've talked a lot about uh, RO line against your D, against your pressure. Um, I think that he'll help there. But I think the biggest thing is this: he he's probably uh, responsible for last week's loss. Um, he he was not. Uh, in the right place when Stafford checked down to him, when Stafford was getting pressure, he wasn't, Stafford was leading him and he was stopping and he was turning the wrong way. And he dropped a ball on a huge third down conversion in the red zone, just threw his hands, just looked away from it. And, um, but so I think, I think that Stafford, you talked earlier about, about uh, pressure up the middle and what Stafford's doing. Stafford's dropping it off to Williams who as an outlet in those situations. And, um, and Kyron did not come through. And uh, I mean, they, they never named his name, but you could tell they were all talking about it in the, um, 
you know, in the in the in the uh, press conferences and stuff like that. So uh, he was crying in the locker room after the game and took full responsibility for the loss. So he stepped up, you know, he manned up. Um, I did feel like those guys are going to work on that timing a lot this week. Um, they haven't been able to. Cam Akers has gotten all the first rep touches, right? And he just gets – Cam Akers is gone. Next thing you know, here's Kyron. And uh, so they haven't had a lot of work together. I think it's going to be Kyron Williams for all of those reasons. And I think I think that's a good pick because if the Colts can't stop that, the Rams will probably continue to move the chains. And and the biggest guy that in order to do that, my X factor is to force Buckner, uh, a guy that has proven over and over again to just ruin quarterbacks' day with that pressure right up the middle. Did Buckner's dealing with a little bit of a groin injury, which I think could could be depending on the severity of it. I think could be massive. I don't think Buckner is going to miss the game because that's just not what Buckner does. But if if DeForest Buckner has a big game and can really put pressure on on Matthew Stafford, I think it's going to be tough for this Rams offense to get going. So DeForest Buckner is my X factor, uh, and I, I do think regardless, it's going to be a really really close matchup. And here's where we get to. Our our predictions for the evening obviously as of as of just a little bit ago when i checked DraftKings, rams are one point favorites over the colts in lucas oil stadium tom you have the floor first who do you got on sunday let's get, give us a reason give us a team a reason why and then your score prediction rams colts sunday at one o'clock eastern yeah i think it's going to be a uh i think it's gonna be a three-point game just like our both of our games were were last week i think it's going to be really close I do think the Rams are going to come out on top. Um, I'm going to go 23-20. Uh, and uh, I feel like the Rams um, should have won that game. They really, uh, watching back the All-22, um, they really they really should have beat the Bengals. There was, uh, you know, I, I hate I hate calling out the refs, but 2-2 got held all game long. I mean, there's one where his jersey's out like this. <laughs> and uh, um, he's quick, and, and Stafford's looking for him, but – um, uh, I just feel like the Rams, um, you know, played better than the Bengals last week. And I feel like, so I'm not really banging them on that. Um, they just unfortunate on the third down conversions and whatnot. Uh, so I feel like they're playing well. Um, and, uh, and like you, you know, really should be two and one. Um, and I just feel like they're going to make the adjustments with Kyron. Uh, I think they'll make the adjustment on the offensive line that needs to be made if, if Jackson can't go. And, uh, so I think it'll be super close. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, with Richardson also, we don't know, right? I mean, quarterback changes in the middle of the games, not the best thing. And, uh, but you do have probably the best backup in the league. I'll give you that. All right. Tom's on the Rams 23 to 20 Drake. Where do you stand for Sunday's matchup? So I, I do think that the run that the Rams run defense is going to force Richardson to, to be on his toes. I do think his mobility, though, is going to still open up the offense uh, just enough to constantly uh, stay competitive and stay close. I do think that Stafford is going to be pressured often by the Indianapolis Colts. And I, I actually don't I actually disagree. I don't think Williams is going to have the ground game that maybe he'll want to have. But I do think that Stafford's veteran presence, I still think he's great. I really do. I still think he can make things happen. I don't think the Colts secondary is going to be able to be enough. So I actually – I changed my score a little bit, Andrew, but I'm going to – it's going to be a little crazy, but I think it's going to be 27-24 Rams. 27-24 Rams. So you're all on the Rams. I'm not. <laughs> I'm on the Colts this weekend. I, I think the Colts are – I think the Colts really match up well 
with this Los Angeles Rams team. Uh, the Colts offensive line has been really dominating. And we talk about the, the Rams up front. They're not as great as they, as they used to be. And, and, and the, the, they have some issues on the offensive line where this Colts defensive line in this front seven is really, really hot right now. So I think it is going to be a battle in the trenches. I think having Anthony Richardson back really opens things up for this offense where, Gardner Minshew just simply makes this team too too predictable. So I'm going to go with the exact same score Drake did, but flip the teams. I'm going Colts 27, Rams 24. Who knows? Maybe we get another game-winning kick from Matt Gay, a Matt Gay revenge game in Lucas Oil <laughs> Stadium. And I think we're talking about Colts being 3-1 and one at the quarter mark of the season. So either way, I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. It's definitely going to be a dogfight. These two teams while there isn't a, a rivalry these two teams just just play hard all the time and and they've got superstars all all around especially in those trenches so it's going to be a really really fun matchup to watch so as we kind of wrap up talking about the game here let's let's take a look at the at the injury report here uh and just give us an update on that so for the colts uh today Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly both again practiced in full. They're on their way back. Both of those guys are expected to clear concussion protocol if they haven't done so already and will be starting on Sunday. Dallas Flowers had a back issue, but he's been practicing in full. The guys that haven't been practicing, but I do expect them both to play. Quentin Nelson still dealing with that toe injury. He really hasn't practiced, but he hasn't missed a single snap because of it. And as I mentioned to Forrest Buckner with that groin injury, has not practiced this week either. Drake, any of those uh, uh, injuries really concern you at all? No, I mean, we've been talking about how Quentin Nelson kind of does this. He doesn't really practice till the end of the week or, you know, he, he's always ready on Sunday. They just really need to be absolutely sure that, you know, one of the, the best offensive linemen that they have is, is ready to go. So I'm not worried about that. And the same goes for Buckner. These are maintenance issues and they're just making sure that they're absolutely 100% ready to go for the real snaps and they don't want to risk anything during practice. Exactly. And let's move to the to Rams injury report. And Tom, uh, it looks like, again, for the second straight day, it looks like Tyler Higby and Beg Skoranek didn't practice with Achilles injuries. Uh, and then the offensive lineman, Alaric, Al- is that how you say his first name? Yeah, Alaric Jackson yeah. uh, with a, dealing with a hamstring. He also did not practice. Uh, but guys that were full participants today include Joe Noteboom, as you talked about, uh, the right guard, and Puka Nukua, who was dealing with maybe a little bit of an bleak injury practiced in full so what do you think the outlooks are for the guys that haven't practiced this week so far in tyler higby uh, alaric jackson and ben skoranek another notre dame guy yeah so yeah skoranek um got a lot of snaps last year he's you know he's kind of our fourth number four receiver this year uh comes in does a lot of blocking and so forth so he would be missed a little bit um i think he would be missed a lot uh, although bryson hopkins our backup has played very well and uh, and so, uh, yeah, that would be interesting. Um, Higby's really does lend a, does bring a big blocking presence as much as he is a nice little outlet and, and sort of uh, Stafford always knows where he is. So we'll see there. Um, I don't think they're going to mess around. Depends, you know, those those Achilles soreness or it's it can go either way. Right. If they feel like it's a real threat, they're not going to you know, they're not going to play him. But so we're not really sure about that. Jackson's the one that's really the big issue. Right. Or, le- you know, your left tackle the guy that won the job, that continuity on the offensive line is so critical. And to put no boom back out there after 
He just hasn't gotten a ton of snaps even in preseason. It's been all Jackson. Um, and he looks and Nopum looks so good at uh, at right guard. Um, you know, it, moving two pieces around like that would be it would be detrimental. So I don't think um, Jackson's going to go. I think uh, I think they they're just not going to risk a hamstring and and really making it worse. So um, I but I think that's what's going to happen. So I think that the uh, the two people to watch as this week goes on are Jackson, who I do not expect to go this weekend, and Higby, who I think will go. Um, he's probably being rested as a veteran. You know, if those veteran guys, if there's any any issues at all, they get the rest. So that's what I think is going to happen. Certainly some big injuries to watch on both sides as both teams go into their final practice of the week uh, tomorrow on Friday, uh, and then we'll get the final injury reports tomorrow afternoon. So our last thing for tonight's episode with the latest Colts news and rumors actually has to do with former Los Angeles Ram Matt Gay. So this really isn't much of a surprise Colts fans, but Matt Gay was named AFC special teams player of the week this week uh, for his going five for five on field goals, 16 points overall, and the first kicker in NFL history to hit four field goals from over 50 yards. Just an incredible performance from, from Matt Gay, Drake. And, and as, as we kind of talked about on Monday in a piece I wrote on, on Sunday night, Matt Gay was pretty much the catalyst for the scoring for the Colts and and really drug this team to a win. Oh, Drake, can't hear you. First time ever. I, I'm very <laughs> good about that. Um, but look, man, he, he proved the contract was worth it. I know a lot of people sneered at it, and they were like, that's ridiculous. Why would you pay a guy? Well, hey, you know what? When it's a grimy game, when it's bad weather like that, and you're in someone else's stadium, you need a kicker like Matt Gay. And so I think that he went out there and he showed his worth, basically won the game for the Colts. So give him all the credit in the world. Definitely. And he's a great guy too. Great to have him on the Colts. And and finally, we can we can rely on a kicker after so many years of, of kicking issues since the great Adam Vinatieri hung up his cleats. So that's our show for this evening, guys. Really, really appreciate Tom coming on to give us uh, uh, some expert opinions on this Los Angeles Rams teams for what is sure to be a fantastic game between the two squads at Lucas Oil Stadium. want to give a quick shout out to our super chats of the evening my beautiful wife danielle uh logan schmidt and the cfo of a horseshoe huddle patrick rye uh thank you all so much for all your super chats and for everybody else that uh that joined us this evening to have this fun conversation and before you guys go i want you all to make sure you go on x and go follow at rams beat give tom a follow uh does excellent work uh on the rams beat podcast uh for fans first sports network you can check out the los angeles rams page on fansfirstsports.com tom we really really appreciate you coming on here and and talking colts rams with us yeah it was great to be here with you guys and uh, looking forward to a great game this week i'm again like i said in the opening i'm so thrilled that both of the teams are overperforming and and having so many sort of breakout performances by so many guys and uh, it just uh it, it is fun to see it was it was supposed to be sort of this down you know five six win year and and uh you know it still might be but the 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 way that so many of these rookies are performing i mean i didn't mention that the rams had 14 draft picks um yeah you hear so much about f them picks but it's really f them <laughs> first and second round picks right uh, there's 14 draft picks and all 14, 14 guys made the 53, all 14 of them, 
that's an NFL record and uh, ties an NFL record anyway. So uh, a lot of those guys, as I mentioned, as we went through the rosters, they're seeing the, the field. So it's exciting year. It's a very different year from us, you know, not sort of feeling like we're in contention for the first time in the McVay era. So, but it has been, uh, you know, a pleasant surprise so far as I, you know, it sounds like it has been for you guys as well. And that's why they play the games. So you, cause you can't that's predict it. what's going to happen in the NFL <laughs> on paper. So if you guys haven't done so already, please follow us on all of our social medias like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live, whenever Shad goes live with the Saddle Ups show, so you never miss an episode. And then if you can't catch us live or you can't catch us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review go ahead and go follow tom at rams beat on x you can follow drake at d wallster x and before you do that drake what are some of the things that people can check out that you've written on horseshoehuddle.com so zaire franklin on pace to break two nfl records that have been long-standing and how the colts top three draft picks are already showing promise so go check both those out Check them out. Great pieces by Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL on X. I've got a piece out about how Zach Moss has become a running back that the Colts can lean on. And tomorrow I'll have a piece out on Michael Pittman Jr. and why he gives this Colts team a toughness and an edge that a lot of other wide receivers just simply cannot provide to their team. So make sure you go check all those out on horseshoehuddle.com. So Colts fans, enjoy the game on Sunday. And Drake and I will be back monday night to break everything down for you are we going to see victory monday for the third week in a row i know tom doesn't want us to see that but hey it's going to be a fun one in lucas oil stadium so until then colts fans enjoy your weekend and enjoy the game